Hey everybody, welcome to the Harmonics Podcast. If you're keeping count, this is our 47th episode. <laughs> if you're not, that's all right. <laughs> Moments after you decided that you were no longer going no, to call out right, episode numbers. I'll give people a choice. Stick to if it. They wanna, if they want to count, they can keep counting. Stick to your guns. Uh, we, we've got, uh, we've got uh, uh, the regular crowd here today. We've got uh, John Drake. Hey. Aaron Trites. hi And uh, our new regular, Mr. Fish McGill. Hello. Uh, artiste Fish McGill. We're going to need more microphones. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So. Maybe we will. Wait, so um, who's driving this crazy train? The what crazy train? Oh yeah, the diddler. Nick Nick is on the dials. Hi Nick. Diddling the dials. Silent as always. Is he keeping that name? Yeah, oh yeah. Not set in stone. We can't upgrade point. it. Once you what? fight Batman you with <laughs> a name, you stick to that name. <laughs> he, he does says such a good job for her. Why don't we call him the brewer? The brewer? The brewer. What are we gonna He's call Don Brewer? Is he brewing anything? Beer. Oh, you mean like Jim Brewer? Yeah. He's not brewing uh, beer. Wait, you but brew he does. beer? You brew beer? Well, we should interview on the podcast yeah. about that. Yeah, you guys should talk you should to have, him. You should have the uh, the recording engineer. Multi-talent. Yeah. Next time, we'll talk about brewing beer. We should get Caleb on here, too. He brews beer. Caleb. Caleb Epps. Oh, yeah, really? Do you guys compare notes? No, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't brew much anymore. Oh, my word. Doesn't brew much now that he has a kid, for those of yeah. you who don't no have microphone. microphones by no <laughs> our recording. <laughs> <laughs> next time. We'll cover this next time. Um, so we, uh, Aaron and I yesterday went to the Warped Tour. The Vans Warped Tour. Vans makes a fine shoe. That's right. And a fine tour. I'm wearing Ooh. Vans right now, actually. It's true. I can see true. them. True. We are Witness. not affiliated with Vans in any way. We just like their shoes. I'll take some free shoes. Fish is wearing Nike Airs. Yep. Uh, Aaron is wearing Sockenies. Sockeny Jazz. <laughs> jazz? Oh, yeah, oh I am all about the wow. Sockeny Jazz. You play jazz Terrible in those shoes? Like the last 15 pairs of shoes I've had have all been Sockeny Jazz. <laughs> mm. Variations except on the for your, Except for your... Except for uh, the the kangaroos that yep. I got for free. Nice. <laughs> proving Sundance. that we are not above taking free shoes No, I will people. take free shoes from anybody. <laughs> and yet, you've still yeah. never gone to the Sockeny Outlet on Cambridge Street. Uh, no. No, I have not. You love their shoes. Get I get cheap. these shoes as gifts. Oh. So I have no reason to free, go. Free is better than cheap. Yeah. Truth. I'm wearing chromes, which I really like, but uh, when they get wet, the, the lining around them just falls apart. It's terrible. They're Good cool colors, looking, though. They're great. Yeah. They're so comfortable. Yeah. There's apparently like a metal bar in the middle, so if you're a bike rider, it mm. works out well. A pedalist? A pedalist. I'm not a pedalist. Pederast, yes. Pederast. <laughs> <laughs> if nope. you ride a velocipede... So actually, that that's a good segue. I, I, I was saying to Hannah last night after our our day at the Warp Tour, um, which right. is just populated by t- tons of of teenagers. Uh, I was saying to my wife, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really glad, I'm really glad that I am not a pederast. <laughs> I have no interest in in it. In, yeah, and like just just. And in fact, if there's an anti, if there if there's an opposite of a better ass, that's what I am. Like, <laughs> I didn't want to be around those teenagers at all. I just you're a pedophobe. Is I'm that a what pedophobe. You're yes, <laughs> I am a pedophobe. <laughs> We've coined it today. There you go. That is, I'm a 100 percent pedophobe. I bet that's a thing. I bet it's a real Probably. psychological thing to be afraid of children. Probably. We'll look it up, Nick. We should look it up. I'm not going to look it up on Don't a work computer. That's for sure. <laughs> A.E. Pedo. Uh, so Warp Tour. We didn't go just for funds. Um, there are actually this year a ton of Rock Band Network bands uh, playing the Warp Tour. Yeah, I think there were at least 10, maybe a dozen. Um, we, uh, we ended up getting in touch with, uh, with the dudes at Rise Records first. Um, and uh, they were actually the ones that got us in. So tremendous thanks to them. Uh, they have Attack Attack, uh, Woe Is Me, Miss May I... Um, like a bunch of different RBN bands uh, are on Rise Records, and we're all playing at the Warp Tour. Um, the one that we talked to was, was of Mice and Men. Of Mice and Men, yes. A Big great, Steinbeck fans. Great Steinbeck, yeah. Yep. Uh, we, uh, Aaron, we, what would your Steinbeck-based band be called? Uh, the Red Pony. Okay. That's not. No, that's just the name of a Steinbeck. I think I'd have a girl punk band that was Grapes of Grath. <laughs> it would be like three R's each time. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Uh, I don't. Uh, I just came up with that just now. Yeah, no, that was pretty okay good for ad libbing. <laughs> yeah, my pretty English good. literature background. That's basically the only Steinbeck novel I know, yeah. so I can't make my own. The Red Pony was the other direction I was going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we we talked at length about Steinbeck with of Mice and Men. Uh, we talked about uh, the symbolism in the pearl. 
Um, we we <laughs> talked about we talked about uh, the socio political uh, economic climate of uh, of the Salinas Valley uh, in California. So um, really, what you said is like any book you may have read in high school English that's written by. I am a big fan of John Steinbeck. Well, there you go. I've I've been to Cannery Row. I've I've lived and breathed it. <laughs> Sounds like a Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been the can of Rua. It's it's a really, it's a really good long. area. Monterey Bay Aquarium is amazing, guys. You can laugh now. Wait, what's that going to do with Steinbeck? The balls are you talking about? Did he write a book about no the Monterey idea. Bay Aquarium? No, it's all in that area. All Monterey Bay, Cannery Row, Cannery Rose in Monterey. Fruit oh, pickers. Nice. I Come like on. the Monterey Aquarium. It's great. It's yeah. huge. So right down the street from Canada. Sea otters right in the lobby. Oh. <laughs> little hands on their chests. Yeah, because people can't hear your can, hands on your chest. See me, right? You cracking oysters <laughs> on your chest with your little paws. God, I'm really hungry. Floating around the podcast room right now. Otter meat. <clears throat> yeah. So you didn't actually talk about Steinbeck with them at all. No, no, not at all. No. The average age of that band, of I think they looked like they were like 18. Yeah. yeah. Um, their hair was really nice, though. Um, they did. Uh, <laughs> they did stop the interview as soon as we got into the bus, and they said, uh, "We didn't know it was a video." Uh, and then uh, one of them left, and then quaffed his hair. I wasn't there. Well, I assume they came back with rainbow clown wigs on. <laughs> no, it, his. Shh, don't spoil it. That's what I'm going to think in my head. Okay. Uh, for everyone else, don't listen, John. Uh, for everyone else, uh, his hair looked exactly the same, just wet. <laughs> yes, he sweats. <laughs> that's true, uh, and that's fine. That's, That's fine. fine. I got a huge yeah. cowlick today. I would wet my hair if you came with the video camera totally to my fine. house. <laughs> totally fine. My rolling house. Uh, so, so we yeah, started were, with them. They were the first band that we talked to. Uh, and then uh, about, a, about a, a good 90 degrees or more yesterday. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was baking out yesterday. Sun, mm, humidity, baking. really bad humidity because it ended up actually raining later. Yeah. Uh, the humidity... Um, and the neon shirt uh, content <laughs> were both Arf. roughly at 100%. And on those neon shirts were the dumbest slogans involving F-bombs or C-bombs. I C-bombs. love this, like, so many slogans. Which C, like, male or female C? Female C. Oh, Hard really? C. That's oh, yeah. the official C-bomb. Jeez. Yep. No, I mean, I figured, but I was double-checking. Just, like, just like sure. stupid jokey slogans. It's also funny that like the shirts and fashion now on Warp Tour would have gotten your... But handed to you 15 years ago on Warp Tour, yeah. not in terms of content, but just in terms of like color scheme and pattern and like yeah. this hyper color craziness. Yep. Well, compared to like like Bad Religion, yes. like a very simple like a crucifix, like crossed out, like very simple, bold, icon- uh, like yeah. iconographic. Uh, yeah, 15 imagery. minutes to make up that T-shirt, um, and <laughs> and then now it's like a neon Ronald McDonald barfing on himself <laughs> and the band's name is spelled in the barf and that's not a shirt I'm making up. That is 100% a real thing. <laughs> um, almost all of the shirt designs were parodies of existing things. Yep. There was like, uh, there was Ninja Turtles. Um, oh, there was... Uh, there Pop was a, has officially eaten itself. Uh, Rugrats, there was a Reptar oh, uh, yes. themed shirt. Reptar um, no one's safe. No, no, no. no. They cast a wide net all over the place, and just the the sheer number of different like every booth we went to was different shirts. It wasn't the same shirts repeated. It was thousands of different shirt yeah. designs. Oh, one parody That's shirt cool. that I did really like uh, was the uh, Winds of Plague, uh, who we actually we did interview, <laughs> um, and it was the uh, the Left for Dead, uh, like the hand, yeah. yep. um, but it was like the fingers were in a W yep. uh, for Winds of Plague, and then they had and like the like little the valve, valve logo, font, but, but uh, mm-hmm. they had like the, the record label yeah. or the band's name in there. Uh, That's cool. Was, I, I, yeah. I'll make sure that our friends at Valve notice Sue Winds of Plague. Is <laughs> <on this> podcast. <laughs> Sorry, guys. They also, Winds of Plague also on their merch table had a uh, rubber or vinyl uh, pig, pig carcass. Yeah, just, uh, like it was a dead pig, and, and the pig was like, the, the guts were chopped up, so the guts were like spreading on the table. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Because it's metal, man. Just what kind of war tour was yeah. this? Should never be hogoing and nope. fighting each other and listening nope. to fast upstrum guitar? None of that. No, there was, none of there that. was one band that upstrum. did that. Of the dozens. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the first band was of Mice and Men. There was a good two-hour period after that where we sort of were just hanging around waiting for the other interviews. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Glamorous Life of Warp Music Tour, Press. basically, yeah. They just have like a, a pavilion. And you go and you sign up for which bands you want to interview, and they have like a time slot listed, and you just have to wait. And yeah, hope yeah. that they show up. Wait and either hope that they show up 
uh, or hope that you have enough time because some bands will only have like a half an hour that they're doing press. And if there's like eight people signed up to talk to them, like uh, like Unwritten Law and Attack Attack were bands that had like a whole slew of people signed up. So it was like we couldn't even reserve a slot. And so yep. it was just like, all right, well, you got to move on and hope that somebody else has free no time. No crab core for you. Yeah, no. none for us. Um, this is not, I'm not being negative against Attack Attack. 15 I, bucks says you're being negative against no, Attack Attack. In the no, challenge. I just genuinely am surprised by their success. Like, it, it doesn't seem like a type of music that would appeal to a broad enough amount of people sure. that they would be as successful as they've become. Do you worry that that is the first example of you being too old to get it? Oh, yeah. No, that was my thought the entire day long. Like, you're just like, wow, maybe I just, like, the But kids I wasn't these upset days. by it. I was just like, I'm happy... I'm old. I'm old, and I'm accepting it. Because we're like, not old. The people in just this like, room are not old yeah. at all, but like, I guess we're not 16. We're not Warped Tour old, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, we are Warped, warped Tour We're not Warped Tour young. Well, it's not well, a show for us anymore. No. Like, but, like, was warped Tour young is like six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, were all, there were a lot of <laughs> naked middle schoolers at that show. Yeah, a lot like, of bikini tops. Uh, my wife what? warned me. She's like, you're going to see a lot of bare midriffs. I'm like, it's not the 90s anymore. We saw a lot of bare Still midriffs. There. And the thing to do, I don't know why, this was a thing they would draw on their midriff or on their chest. Uh, the ladies would. Uh, free hugs. They'd draw that in, like, Sharpie. Yeah, wow, do like, I not want hugs oh, from... Wow. They shouldn't want the hugs no. from, like, the, the dudes. So what you're saying is it's basically, like, the, it was, was just a lot the of... juggalos, but, like, <laughs> not terrible No looking. Fago, no uh, wrestling. <laughs> no so helicopter none of the good rides. No, heli- no free helicopter rides. <laughs> That was the biggest no pitchfork of the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, like, you know, we, there's a couple instances of walking past some teenagers who are talking to each other, and I would hear, like, oh, I'm so wasted right now. And again, feeling like an old man, being like, oh, they shouldn't be wasted right now. <laughs> they probably had half a beer in the 90-degree sun, and they weigh 60 pounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my biggest regret of Warp Tour was not approaching any child who was there with a parental guardian telling their parents how cool they were, mm-hmm. how much cooler than their children they were, <laughs> and tell the kids that they should thank God every night that their parents are awesome enough to take them to any show, yeah. Yeah. let alone a show like Definitely, Wolfgang. definitely. Um, so, so we did actually get to interview a, a good slew of bands eventually, um, starting with... Well, we shouldn't, we shouldn't spoil everything. I mean, you got a video well, coming yeah. up. I thought we'd give people yeah. the names yeah, and they can actually yeah. see the video. We could do a, uh, a rundown. Uh, yeah. I mean, we talked to uh, we talked to the dudes in um, the Devil Wears Prada. Um, yes, super nice guys. That's that's another another disclaimer, an important distinction, uh, because like this is clearly not our warp tour. Like it's not a show for us right. um, as individuals, I, as no. individuals, not the company. Not no, the company. Yeah, yeah. no. Speak us on behalf as individuals. Of no. Music Systems um, Limited. Us as terrible individuals. Us as jerks. God, yeah. you are awful. Um, <laughs> And, uh, like, I would, under no circumstances, uh, buy albums or go to see shows. Under with, any circumstances? With, with, well, under duress. I would under duress. <laughs> um, like, if, if I wasn't going to Warp Tour to interview these bands, I wouldn't have gone to Warp Tour this year. Sure. That's just, I mean, that's just, that's just how it works. Um, but every, like, every band that we talk to was super, super nice, mm-hmm. unbelievably mm-hmm. accommodating, like, more informed about Rock Band this year than when we went to Warp Tour last year, which was really reassuring. Um, bands knew, like, about RBN, about the mission. They knew, like, which songs they had in the game, what parts were difficult. Like, they were they were a lot more plugged in. So mm-hmm. good on all the bands that we talked to. Yeah. Um, so Devil Wears Prada. Devil Wears Prada, Dance Gavin Dance. Winds um, of Plague. Winds of Plague, yes. Um, the dudes in Less Than Jake, uh, who we uh, do not have in Rock Band currently, but had a good long talk about getting them involved in Rock Band uh, because they were the most requested band on the forums when we asked who we should go and talk to at Warp Tour. Yeah, so that was that was pretty funny. We, we, you had got, Aaron had gotten in contact with their drummer, Vinny, via Twitter. Um, and he was like, oh, you come by and talk to us. And so we went and we saw their set, which was, which was rich. Like their set had a ton of people at it and it was fun. Uh, and so, so people still like fun music. Doesn't all have to be like <laughs> cookie monster yelling. Well, and they're in like, uh, they're, they're warp tour regulars. This, like, this is their, their 13th, 13th warp tour. Yeah. What? So yeah. we went, so uh, the thing at warp tour, if you hadn't been, if you haven't been, I hadn't actually been before is every band has a merch tent. Um, 
So we went to the Less Than Jake merch tent. It's like the Twitter of bands. Like, connect directly yeah. to your favorite artists. Yeah. And there's essentially... I mean, give or, I did not actually count, but there's roughly 300 bands playing Warp Tour. Um, that's, <laughs> Let me that's reiterate a, that you very much did not count. Did that's not. an exaggeration. There are, but there are... There are a lot. A ton. A lot. And so there's like a million different merch tents yeah. and merch booths and label yep. tents and all sorts Your of nonsense. estimation powers are... <laughs> no. All these numbers are accurate. There were one, two, three, four... There were six stages that were packed full oh, all yeah. day long yeah. from uh, when the gates opened at 11 until I think they closed at 9. So oh, yeah. enough yeah. for 10 hours of bands playing 40-minute sets on six different stages. Yep. So we went to the Less Than Jake tent, and they had a big line because they were doing a signing, so we were just hanging out. Um, and uh, so Vinny was there. Uh, we met him. He's like, oh, hey, guys, just hang out for a little bit. This will be done in, like, 15 minutes. And it started to sprinkle, uh, and he's like, oh, you guys want to just want to come in the tent in case it rains? We're like, ah, we're good. And then it started actually raining, and we ran into the tent. Like pouring. Yeah. And then it became like torrential downpour, uh, crazy weather. So Ridiculous winds. Yeah. Like the tents are rocking Everybody's back Everybody's tent starts like flying away or collapsing. Um, and so we're in this little, what, what would you say the dimensions were like? Not ten, big enough for the six dudes ten in Less by Than ten, Jake, maybe. you, me, and Christine, yeah. and anyone else. So we're in this tent with Less Than Jake, a band that uh, that we like quite a bit, especially Aaron. Uh, and they lower the tent down on us, so basically the tent is at head level. And we're just in here with this, this fun, ridiculous band. They're cracking jokes the whole time. Crazy downpour going around us. Um, everyone else's tents are flying away and people are freaking out. Uh, so it was a really fun, like, bizarre kind of bonding experience. And it definitely turned the day around for me because it was just, like, so ridiculous. Like, oh, this is, like, a good story to tell. Um, so we hung out with Les and Jake in their tent. They protected our expensive video camera in their yeah. tent. Any, any footage that we shoot from this day forward will be dedicated to Les and <laughs> Jake because they, they really saved our bacon. Like, yeah. that camera would have either been ruined or we would have had to leave Warp Tour entirely and would not have been able to film anything else. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we went to their bus and uh, interviewed them on their bus. So look for that. Like we said, they're not in Rock Band right now, but um, they very much want to be. So when you get... And their, their latest album is on their own label, so things look pretty good. Things like, are looking up for things those... Things are looking up for those Those less than Jake gentlemen. <laughs> No, they've been a band for 20 years. Uh, I mean, Warp Pro veterans for 13 years. They've been involved with like a ton of different independent labels. They've done major label stuff. They've got a million albums and got a new EP coming out and gads of merch. They are sincerely amazing guys. And yeah. you should check them out as soon as humanly possible. Yeah. Um, so that was our Warp Tour. And I will say, like, as, as old as it made me feel and as like grumpy. <laughs> As as the throngs and throngs of teenagers made me, I I do think it's very cool. Like for the teenagers, like this is a super cool event they can go to. You it's know, amazing. for the kids, tons of stages. I would have thought there would have been more variety in the bands. I feel like maybe back when it started, back in the '90s, I think there was a bigger focus on variety. Like you'd have rockabilly, and you have punk, and then ska, whatever. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like it. I mean, it's just kind of gravitated towards that more metal end yeah. of the spectrum, where mm. before it was like there would be punk bands, or pop punk bands, or ska punk yeah, yeah. bands, or That's true. punk rockabilly That's bands. That's true. And like I guess within D. metal, you have that variety within. The yeah, and umbrella. there was like there was some yeah. popcorn, and there was some deathcore. Popcorn. Yeah, no popcorn. Is that popcorn? Yeah, that a, sure. I, that's I would say like set not your post goals. Popcorn? No, not we're that's, not there yet. We're not there we're yet. Not, Next not quite. Year. Just give it a week or two. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean set your goals and like the Wonder Years were like kind of bands that were like super power pop, cool. but like punk ish. Like the guys in Set Your Goals, they have it's it's stupid. It's, just, it's I mean not Set Your Goals. I like Set Your Goals, but they have like they have two vocalists and they do like more like hardcore type. Like they have more breakdowns, but they're still very much like a pop band. Sure, but I'll I'll play you some Set Your Goals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks to uh, 
everyone that talked to us at Warp Tour. Look for our video wrap-up uh, with our interviews coming hopefully in the next week. Um, thanks, Double thanks to Less Than Jake for saving our bacon. Uh, and for and, Rise Records for getting us in the door to begin yes. with. Um, so I, I was thinking of shows. Do you guys have favorite shows that you've been to in your lives that, that, that are kind of standouts in your memory? Are, are you asking us or yes, the you guys people, as the in, people in, in the are, room? The people that are listening. And then the people that are listening should also chime in with their favorites. They can't respond right now. Not right now. As they're listening, though, Yell they can at your respond. computer. They can type. <laughs> yeah. Yell an answer right now. Start typing now. Go. <laughs> All right, but now you guys in the room. <laughs> oh, you weren't telling us to start no. typing. Okay. No. Who should go first? Anyone that has anything. <laughs> Jesus. The weirdest Shows, huh? I saw Tenacious D ah. at the Aragon Ballroom in Chicago, awesome. which is nice. like way too big of a venue for a two-person acoustic act. <laughs> and I remember the show was really fun, and obviously it's like, you know, it's a comedy show, so I, I think a lot of people were, and I really liked that album when I was in high school. Uh, I don't like it now, but, it's, you know, especially then it really appealed to my sense of humor. Uh, and at one point, instead of, it was like around, maybe it was around the Great White stuff that happened with the really bad fire. Uh-oh. Um, and they were like, our pyrotechnics budget has been slashed. We're not allowed to use our fireworks anymore, which is a real shame. And so instead they were just jumping on these, like, Nerf rocket launchers, like these like air powered, so they would run up and like jump on this little like deploy button and it would shoot a little bit of air and these little missiles would go like 15 feet in the crowd and they'd be like, yeah, and get really excited. That was a good show. Um, I saw Wilco at the same place. That was a really good show. I've heard they put on like amazing shows. Yeah, I told my story about seeing Fleet Foxes a couple weeks ago on a podcast from about a month ago at this point where the crowd oh, was yeah. disproportionately <laughs> excited to see an acoustic folk band screaming at them. That was disorienting and weird. <laughs> I'll keep thinking. I actually, you know, you know, my favorite show in recent memory that I did not put on or play in, I saw LCD Sound System and MIA on tour together nice. in 2007, 8, somewhere in the summer in D.C. at the 930 Club. Which is like a big club. It's like probably about a thousand people. And it was like just hardcore dancing happiness for like the entire night. And it was really That's great. Awesome. Uh, and I also saw Block Party there that same summer. And it was a similar like people just hipsters just showing up to dance. And, you know, but like bands that take themselves very seriously. And everyone's also very, very serious about, oh, it's well, have you thought of the globalization impact of MIA's beats and what it means to. <laughs> Bangle, Bangladesh politics and I'm like Whoa, no uh, Paper Planes is a really good song <laughs> <laughs> and I think that the attitude of the crowd became more and more like no shut up yeah. like it's time to dance right. I don't I mean I care about that stuff too when I'm reading we'll articles we'll deal with that later right but like also it's really loud in here and you can dance and there's alcohol so yeah. just shut up yep uh, and LCD Sound System was really really good uh, wasn't sure how like the electronic stuff would translate live but they were pretty fun cool Aaron um, one of the best shows that I've ever seen was also at the Aragon Ballroom in, uh, in Chicago. That's um, weird. A tremendous venue. Yeah. Um. It's like a Spanish castle. Yes. Inside. Mm. Magic. Um. Not outside. Alkaline Trio, um, Chicago natives, um, will on Halloween play like a, like a big Halloween show. Yeah. Um, and one of the first times I ever went to Chicago um was to see them play like and i mean like seeing them at all is like always a good time seeing them play in chicago is like super cool because it's like hometown crowd and people like go bananas but because like halloween it's like very much that misfits vibe like alkaline trio playing on halloween in chicago is like totally surreal and kind of ridiculous um and uh and they gave away free seven inches uh to everyone that came to the show uh at the end um, so that was a nice, a nice little cap. It was actually, it was them playing Misfits covers. Really? Uh, yeah. The seven like inches a, were, or the show was? A bright, uh, the, uh, the seven inch. It's like a bright orange, uh, seven inch vinyl. Um, and like, uh, the cover is their faces superimposed onto the Misfits bodies. Um, <laughs> and it's like Halloween and then Children in Heat on the B side. Nice. Um, pretty cool stuff. Um. A lot of a lot of my favorite shows have been in like small clubs. Like, uh, like the, I used to go to a lot of bigger festivals like Warp Tour, and then started gravitating more and more towards like 
weird basement shows or like church rec halls. Um, I used to live in Alston um, and absolutely hated it. I think you mean Alston Rock City. Uh, Yeah, Alston Rock City, excuse me. (laughs) L.A. And just like did not care for it. It's just not my scene at all. Um, But there was a, a church called the ICC Church like a block from my house and they had unbelievable hardcore shows like every week. Um, and it maybe holds 400 people like at best. And most of the times that I was there was probably around a hundred people. Um, but being able to go and like have that, that kind of immediacy, like being able to see like suicide files, one of my favorite bands, being able to see their record release there. Um, American Nightmare, uh, probably my favorite band. Um, I got to see a show. Favorite band, period? Favorite band, period. Whoa. How about Whoa. that? How about Whoa. that? I'll throw it down. Okay. Um, they played a show at the ICC where they played through uh, their first two seven inches, um, like just start to finish, uh, and they were... What? No, go on. Go what? on. No, no. Is, every band in this, is every band in your story going to have a seven-inch record at <laughs> yes. some point? <laughs> yes. Lame. Shh. <laughs> The main drags never put out a seven inch. No. You don't have vinyl on your record yeah, from label. From the ground. Yeah. Go on. Go on to the story. You put out a Spirit Kid record. That's not the main drag. That's his label. It's a seven inch. They're a throwback band. Though. We're digressing. <laughs> <laughs> a throwback band. They are. It's true. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you're laughing. So American Nightmare, they <laughs> um, played through their seven. So they they actually they had been sued by another band who, that had like trademarked the name American Nightmare, mm. um, the Giant Conundrum. Yes, uh, and they were it's my band. Bar, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and they were no longer allowed to use that name. And so like, kind of like part of the drama was like we're never going to play any of these songs again. Like. Any song that we recorded as American Nightmare, like, we're just going to be done. We're going to start new as a new band. Uh, and so they they came out and they were like, we're retiring these songs. It's like hometown show. And we're just like, this is the last time that we're going to play through. Um, and it was, like, unbelievable. Like, everybody went bananas and they did not end up retiring those songs. They ended up <laughs> playing them probably when I saw them, like, a month later. But uh, But, like, thinking, like, oh, this is the last time I could hear these songs was... Like, such a weird, intense feeling. Yeah. I feel like when I'm thinking of, like, the best shows I've seen, I always end up thinking of the ones that were, for whatever reason, like, more personal. Yeah. Like, they touched on some sort of personal element like that. Like, this is special. This is a special occasion. No one else is going to see this. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Fish? So there's three that come to mind. Nice. Um, How many of them have seven-inch records? I think zero. Let's dig in, then. (laughs) So... Man, John Drake, <laughs> enemy of vinyl. My he lost buddy, so much money on that Spirit Kid 7-inch. <laughs> boxes in my office. <laughs> my buddy Brian designed this awesome like set of T-shirts and bandanas for Jay-Z. And really? He had free tickets to the show, and it was like at the Garden, so it was like a big show. And he's an unbelievable live performer, unlike a lot of hip-hop stars. Yeah, because he had like Unreal. the whole Roots band with him. Oh, wow. And so he had... Wow. So good. And he brings all these friends with them. If you've ever seen the movie Fade to Black, you know, it, was, it wasn't too far from that. Hmm. Amazing light show, amazing, like, string quartet on top of the band. Um, you know, he played all of his hits, and there's a ton. And then at the end of the show, he just went over to the DJ, and he kept starting, like, songs that he hadn't played yet. And he was like, nah, nah, just pressing next like it was an iPod. Like, <laughs> and it was insane. He like, went through another 20 hits, and then finally he picked one, and he finished with, like, Big Pimpin', which was, like, my favorite song in high school. Because like, <laughs> you were, were Big Pimpin' in high school. Well, my friends were obsessed with car stereos that, you know when you <laughs> see a car drive by and you can see the air moving because yes. it's so loud? <laughs> Like, that was our goal to get, like, that kind of system in our, you know, really awful Mary Kay kind of cars. So that was, like, really fun experience. And then a few years earlier, um, my friend Jamie and I were obsessed with Prince, and, like, that's our one of our bonding things. I was hoping this would come up. So we were about to drop, like, 200 bucks each on nosebleed seats for Prince at the Garden um, and then somehow he found out about $10 seats. We're like, oh, let's get four <laughs> seats. We'll bring our girlfriends. And 
they just couldn't have cared less. Like, yeah. <laughs> you could see them yawning at the show, and we were like, Whoa. why did we bring them? Because it was such a great I show. I dumped both of them. Yeah, we both did. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Pretty soon after that. But it was incredible. What time period was this for Prince? What, this was 2005, so this was like... The Musicology Tour. Musicology. I might have been at the same oh, show. Yeah. Such a good tour. They gave that, out free CDs at free the CDs? show? I was at that show. Which is how they great. boosted SoundScan numbers, yes, because every exactly. ticket sold was also CD sold. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it was Smart. great. Because the internet's over. And you know, it's not money. <laughs> And it was a good album too, you know. Yeah. It was like a new album, and you yeah, liked it. It's like that show was amazing. It was crazy because it, it played felt it like around. It just yeah. did not stop. No. Like it started and it kept going. I'd never experienced something like that where it was just kind of like hit. It was like a giant I'll say, medley. I'll say this, like just about that. I mean, no, Prince is like almost like a funk, a funk band from back in the day, where it's like the whole thing flows from one song to the next. The band is all tight. Like the, the only Absolutely. other, the only other group I've seen do that, and I am actually like not a big fan. Uh, although, like, that's sort of sacrilege in some respects, but, like, uh, like Bruce Springsteen, I yeah. saw Bruce Springsteen play Giant Stadium like, a year ago, and it was, like... You are sort of obligated to go I was obligated show, to go right? for a work <laughs> function, <laughs> and I don't dislike Bruce Springsteen, but sure. I'm just, like, not, like, oh, my God, the boss. I'm, like, oh, I respect that right. he's, like, Titanic. They straight up played for, like, two and a half hours straight... He was just running the whole time. Whenever he wasn't singing, he was Crotch just first. running, diving, <laughs> high-fiving people in the crowd, performing super hard, sing, doing sing-alongs, singing at the top of his voice for like two and a half hours. I get exhausted like, just watching. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not young. No, he's around 60. Yeah, and he they killed it. But so like along the same lines as the Prince thing, like there's something to be said for not seeing a show at TT the Bears down the street where yes. the punk band that's playing plays for two minutes and waits five minutes to retune their guitars. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah, no talking between the songs. Yes, just go. And legendary people in the band, like yeah. Maceo Parker, who played James Brown, like yes. that I was obsessed with growing up. His drummer, Prince's drummer, do you remember what his name is? I forget. It was like John I know who Black- you're talking about. Blackwell? Is that a, is that uh. a f- he was amazing. He would like the the just like the crazy acrobatics he would do with the sticks between beats. He'd hmm. like flip them around. It was amazing just to watch the drummer. But yeah, and everybody Prince- was dressed up. Purple. Like, yeah. Insane tailored suits on everybody in yeah. the band. John Blackwell. <laughs> The there last show I wanted to mention was the first show I ever went to. I grew up in Providence, and I went to see Parliament. Yes. Um, and this was, like, right after PCU had come out. <laughs> oh, man. So for a lot of people— Parliament resurgence. Right. That was their resurgence tour, and a lot of people in the audience, that was, like, their first time, like, oh, yeah, they were in PCU. Like, there's the guy in the diaper. Like, oh. <laughs> but it was insane. George Clinton came out, and I'd never seen anything like this, like kind of a call-and-response experience, just getting people to say crazy syllables that don't make any sense. Um, and he would just, like, bang on the microphone like that, <laughs> like just to make beats with the, with the hand and the mic, and it was yep. just insane. See yeah. the whole crowd go wild. And everybody knew all the beats because they were in, like, Every so much, yeah. West Coast hip hop yeah. album, um, <laughs> or you'd grown up listening to them in your neighborhood. Yep. Yeah, I saw them at the Worcester Palladium, which is like a metal mecca, and then P Funk played there. Yeah, it was amazing. It was cool, and they were just as funky as the Prince Band visually and sounding. But you know, they didn't have the tailored outfits. They were no, in they're the, not they as tight, dude. but they are as funky. They're <laughs> they like do have all a dude with over a diaper. the place. Yeah, yeah. Tootsie oh, Collins. And... There's post mothership, so there's no right. spaceship. But they were wearing like ski goggles in the middle of the summer with bright colored dreadlocks <laughs> and a hundred one Dalmatians bed sheet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, was I, Bootsy with him at the time when you saw him? He wasn't on this not, tour. Yeah. I would love to. Uh, yeah. he wasn't yeah. I, yeah. I would also say, just a note, John Blackwell, a uh, graduate of the Berkeley College of Music here in Boston. Bam. Good for him. And uh, is, you know, at, before he was a new Power Generation member, uh, played at Ryle's Cafe in Cambridge. Oh, wow. On a weekly mm. basis. I'm learning a lot. Uh, from his <laughs> Angel Fire page. Angel Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Updated wow. regularly. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, as much as I am now have a ton of respect for him, I also have lost all that respect <laughs> from his Angel Fire page. Great, great musician. Yes. Poor web developer. Not a great, <laughs> not a great web dev. Poor web dev. Um, I have three as well. Right, we'll get uh, to it. Yeah, we're going to get to it. Um, they were sort of formative for me in like my, a lot of the music that I really like today. Um and this wasn't even that long ago. It was just like, I think we've talked in pro- podcasts before. Where I grew up, there was just zero influx of music. Maine. Yeah. Just no, nothing. There wasn't, there two hours away from anywhere where people would play, and that was like old country bands would show up. In Canada. It. Except for Keith Smith, for some reason, played in the town where I lived, which is... Former Harmonixer and Anarchy yeah. Club lead singer his, Keith Smith. His, yeah, his alternative band in the 90s played, which is weird. But, um... 
So I was in college, and my friends were like, hey, we got an extra ticket for the show. You want to come? It's just down the street at the Worcester uh, Centrum, whatever it's called now. I'm like, yeah, sure. And it, the bill ended up to be Motorhead. What? Oh. Then Dio. What? Oh. Then Iron Maiden. When was oh, this? Man. It was like, oh, three. Jeez. And at that at the time, weird. right That's at the time, cool. I didn't really know anything about any of those bands except they're like, oh, I like a couple Iron Maiden songs. I like I like that uh, Motorhead song. <laughs> I like that Dio song. And, and and the seats were sixth row, oh, God. center. <laughs> yes, it was amazing. And like Bruce Dickinson, he he speaking about running around the stage, a singer for Iron Maiden. He runs around. He's like a little imp because he's so short, <laughs> but he'll like jump up on the, uh, the, the monitors right in the front and he basically like hangs over the stage. It was amazing. So like to this day, I'm, I'm like a lifelong Iron Maiden fan and I've seen them like three That's times. Awesome. And every time I've seen them, it becomes one of my favorite shows because again, like you were saying, Fish, like just the production values they put into it. Their stages are crazy. They have the ridiculous like eight foot tall Eddie uh, monster that walks out on stage. That's great. They, it's just ridiculous they have like pirate ship themes for certain songs <laughs> totally crazy um and then another one actually uh i when i first moved to the boston area i went to the middle east to a show that was the bill was uh the specials the english beat and the selector which were like three second wave ska bands that i really liked and they are all formed into one band, basically. So they basically played all three bands' hits. Wow, and cool. And it was amazing. Again, I had missed the whole ska craze in the 90s. So, like, this was basically my first ska show. And it was, like, these, like, lauded, heralded bands. And uh, it was, like, people dancing. It was packed. It was the Middle East, so it wasn't, like, so big that you couldn't enjoy it. Um, it was amazing. So that sort of converted me to those bands for, for my life. Uh, and then the third was a very small one. It was at TT's, this mm-hmm. tiny club down the street. Uh, very personal shows. Um, and the band, it, and it's not even about the band so much. The band was Carbon Silicon, which is Mick Jones from The Clash. He, he has oh. like his current like project with um, one of the guys from X, actually, I think. Maybe. John Doe? I can't remember who it is. The, the, oh, no, Generation X, sorry. Oh, um, Billy Idol. Yeah, Billy Idol. The guy who's not Billy Idol <laughs> from Generation Billy X. Um, and the songs are fine. The band's fine. It's pretty good. But it was like, I'm the hugest Clash fan, and Mick Jones is like two feet away from me. And then after the show, because it's TT's, he just like walked down, talked to anyone that wanted to talk to him. He made like a beeline for my wife for some reason, <laughs> which is awesome. Wow! She loves that. But like <laughs> super nice, very friendly, talked to everyone who wanted to talk to him, and just like, Sort of like that old, that, that was the thing about the Clash. Like, whenever they played shows, they would hang around for as long as people wanted to meet them and talk to them. So, like, it's cool that he's still keeping that up. Tony James from Generation X. There you go. I think that's kind of the, that's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. Like, I, I tend to avoid seeing a lot of, like, huge legendary bands. Like, I would have loved to have seen Springsteen when he played at Fenway, but it's like, Tickets are $150 to sit a half mile away. (laughs) But that was great because, like, he would give shout-outs to people hanging outside the stadium. He was like, this song is for the people outside the stadium. (laughs) That's very cool. Everybody would yell. He counts off every song in a really hilarious way. Amazing. When when bands are able to do that kind of thing, though, like, either do, like, a side project or play, like, a smaller venue, like, that totally blows my mind. Uh, one, one last thing that I wanted to slip in was when we did, uh, a private show at E3, uh, for the rock band release. For the who? For the who. I was going to mention that too, actually. Were you there? I was there. Um. That was a busy day. I sort of don't remember much. It was a ridiculous. You were there for the rock band one release? No, rock band two. Yeah, the rock rock band band one was the... Eagles of Death Metal, right? Was that right? Mm-hmm. Don't know. Yeah, it was something like that. It That's was like, my time. Yeah. Um, so this was E3 2008? Yep. Yeah, so June 2008. Um, I had been at Harmonix for, I mean, not even six months at that point. Like, that was probably just about my six-month mark. Yep. Um, and it was like Rock Band 2 release, like Fever Pitch, like Game could not have been any bigger, like went over huge at E3. And so we had a, a show that was just... 
harmonics employees and then like members of press or like like gaming people that were invited or I, music industry people i think that like it was maybe 300 people no like 200 1200 people what <laughs> it's a there's a balcony in there there's a balcony uh, in okay. too. the floor though was like like around 380 people though. okay and that was really where you wanted and to be. the only, balcony was great but i only imagine the floor then yeah it's a it's a bigger venue than you think it is but it was it's also a theater where there's no bad seats. It's like the Orpheum yeah. in Boston where it's like you kind of have good sight lines no matter where you are yeah. and you're like never more than like 100 feet from the stage. Well, I think we hmm. were – I I, st- I stood next to John Veneran and I think that we were within the first three rows. Yeah, I was we were second like row the center. third or fourth nice. row. I was handing out VIP badges until like two seconds before the show. Um, that was a weird day. And they they were supposed to play like half an hour, 45-minute set. Um, and they ended up, like they said at some point during the show that they had not played in front of a crowd this small in like 20 years and they were having so much fun that they just wanted to keep doing a set. And so they played like a full two hour set of like who songs. (laughs) Like it was, it was also amazing. It was ridiculous. Um, they're also a great live band because like Roger Daltrey is really funny. Yes. And like doesn't take it too seriously. And Pete Townsend is so serious. <laughs> but also like Pete Townsend also then occasionally will just like he just does not care. He just like well like he in between songs care. he'll alternately be like so he'll be super his performances are super into it and super sincere. And in between songs he'll just be like, yeah whatever. He doesn't I saw <laughs> I great. saw the Who it was like two or three weeks after John Entwistle died, their bass player, yeah, and like there's a whole question like, can they even do the tour? And they got uh, this guy Pino Palladino, who is like, unbelievable. Yeah. Yes, it was it was it was that fresh. It was like I think three weeks or so, and he started. Pete Townsend started the show making jokes about John Entwistle <laughs> yep. dying with oh, like God. cocaine and hookers. He's like, he always liked to party, so <laughs> he went out on top, I guess. <laughs> Literally, yeah. But uh, it was, yeah, it was the uh, that show was weird for a lot of reasons. We had uh, we got photos of the Who backstage though, which was really cool. And like in addition to that, like they sort of seemed like they couldn't decide if they loved the fact that we were like a quote unquote corporation. Like MTV technically yeah. paid for that show, and they seemed like not thrilled that that had happened. Like they were not thrilled that MTV was paying for it. But they sort of thought that Rock Band was like alternately a great and terrible idea. Like <laughs> Roger Daltrey seemed to really think it was awesome, and and uh, Townsend sort of like was like really excited that it was like bringing stuff to new people. But then would make weird jokes about like, but it's stupid because like, come on, yeah. Like well, he, I don't look down and see red, green, red, green, red, green. That was and one of my. He also favorite didn't like bits. the model of the guitar. That was right? what it came down to. Is yeah. he started yelling in the audience. <laughs> Who made this game? And a bunch of people from Harmonic started cheering. And he's like, who picked the colors in the guitar? And my <laughs> roommate, Matt, who's one of the designers on Dance Central now, had designed the guitar with a couple other people. And he's like, what? And he's just like, well, he was gone. <laughs> he was drunk out of his mind by this point in the show. And he's just screaming and waving his arms. And, Roger, and Pete Townsend's like, the colors, on the, the colors you chose for the game are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> what is with this red, green, blue, yellow? This is terrible. These colors. And Matt was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, he's Pete Townsend screaming at me. Verbally berated uh, by Rockstar. Yeah, this is awesome, and also I don't know why I'm yelling in happiness. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah, he didn't like the the dark wood neck because like he's yeah. played a strat his whole life. And he's, he's like, like oh, this is dark. So we don't specific. have this. So I want a, a birch. No neck. one plays a guitar like this. <laughs> had very very specific feedback. It was a very specific rant, and it was yeah. sort of like awesome yeah. that he even noticed. So it didn't really, yeah. But then they gave us a bunch of songs, so they obviously liked the game. Yeah. So, so shut up, people. I remember forums. you probably remember this too. When this went down at E3, and our our old uh, boss, our old friend Mike Dornbrook, had attended the show. My daily damage control of Mike Dornbrook's emails. And then yeah, he sends an email out to the entire company. Like after it happens, or maybe even before. So people didn't really know. So there were probably about we had probably gotten to about two hundred employees at that point because yeah. we had really yeah. boomed between Rock Band One and yep. Two. We were starting production on the Beatles. We had like a bunch of stuff in the works, and people didn't really know we were doing this concert because it was very much a press event. It was yeah. very much an industry event. We were not doing it for us. We we actually ended up getting tickets for people when we got back to the office to see them on tour in Boston. Yes, which was awesome. But this we were not going to fly two hundred people out to <laughs> L.A. for three days to see a Who show as, as much as we were doing well at that point. And we were very much working that show. Right. Like that like, was a hundred yeah. hour work week at E3. Yes. And there were like probably 15 people from Harmonics and TV Games who weren't really working that hard who got to see that show. But the other like 30 people who probably made it of like the 50 employees we had those people were like busting yeah. their we butts. We ran demo right. kiosks at that show literally until Til the, the first started. note yeah. started playing. So like it was, was not a reward for our employees. <laughs> it was just a nice thing we we're doing. 
and we hadn't trumped it up because we want people to get upset they weren't going to E3 and they were still crunching on the game. The game wasn't done. Yeah. They yeah. were in crunch doing QA stuff. Right. So, Which is where I was. Yeah. And then Dornbrook sends this email to the company like, oh, the Who played our E3 show. It was amazing. It was the best show I've ever seen. They haven't done a theater show in 40 years. It's crazy. An experience you guys, you'll never be able to have. You guys should have been here. Yeah, like, that's probably true, Mike. Yeah, everyone was just like, ugh, <laughs> yeah. you jerk. Yeah, I guess, I'll, I guess I'll go back to pushing out the build yeah. for today at 2 in the morning yeah. in the QA pit. Oh, he similarly sent a thing about NASA. What was that about? It was like something launch. It was like a shuttle launch. And I guess STS was the, the name of like one of the protocols. But his, <laughs> his iPhone corrected it to STD. Yeah. So he sent an email to the whole company being like, NASA STD. This STD is the best I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. And which led to no lack of mockery. <laughs> Luckily, he's also the best. But so. that was also, you're right, the, the awesome follow-up was Harmonics got everybody tickets to see the Who when they were in Boston right. at the Fleet Center. A practical and, and benevolent solution yeah, to the yeah. problem of, like, we can't spend $4,000 right. flying everyone and putting them up in hotels for... They were good seats, too. They were they good were seats. Really I went to see it both times. I went to both shows. Nice. We've great. ended up at a lot of weird shows just by virtue of working. Yep. Yeah. Rock Band has that effect on stuff. Yep. Saw McCartney at Fenway. That was great. We saw... Uh, um, blanking now. We saw we we saw the VH1 Rock Honor stuff, which was like I got to see oh, yeah. Pearl Jam cover the That's Who crazy, yeah. and the Foo Fighters. We saw the EMAs in Europe. Any VMAs kind of style show? We've VMAs, seen those movie awards. We did get to be in a room with with Dave Grohl and Lemmy playing together and playing Ace of Spades like in a hotel suite in Las Vegas that was aired live. <laughs> that was kind of messed That's up awesome. and awesome. Oh, and messed up. <laughs> and messed up. Definitely messed up. Anyway, uh, I've yeah. been to two warp tours. Oh, one that you chose to go to, one that I made you go to. <laughs> two that we made him go to. No, we yeah, no, we oh, chose two that you had to go yeah, to. You yeah, last yeah year we too. did press last year and we did press this year. Man, brutal. That's a good time. That sounds like so. A we'd like to hear what your favorite show memories are. Tell us, tell us, tell us on Twitter, tell Engage us on the forums, us. tell us in the comments section, social media. <laughs> Give me a call. Let me know. <laughs> Let me know where you're at. Here's his phone number. number. Um. All right. So let's uh, let's talk about next week's DLC. We actually have DLC for both Rock Band and Dance Central next week. Woo-hoo! I like to call this the "This isn't really that newsworthy." Nope. Week because we already announced both these things a month ago. Sure. But in case you don't have your finger on the pulse, in case you of John Drake's listen, press alerts, only listen to this podcast. That's your way of getting news. Uh, by the way, there's a uh, stress in the Middle East and our economy is doing okay. So <laughs> oh God, you haven't gotten it's the uh, Arab Spring or, or the opposite. Yeah. Um. You want to read them? You can read them. Um, I'll do the I'll do the rock band ones. All right, cool. So for rock band next week on Tuesday, we're releasing uh, a big old Soundgarden pack. Yep, back in back in action. Six tracks. Yep. So the tracks are "Blow Up the Outside World," "Burden in My Hand," which has a pro guitar upgrade, "Fell on Black Days," uh, "Outshined," which has pro guitar. Uh, these are both pro, pro guitar and bass. "Rusty Cage," which is a big one. Uh, the the day I tried to live, which has pro guitar, and we're also releasing a pro guitar bass upgrade for Pretty Noose, which is our an existing DLC yes. track. It's yeah. not part of the pack, right? Separate, separate thing. thing. I got corrected about that. Uh, <laughs> that is all part of the Celebrating Soundgarden on Tour 2011 pack. Um, because they're on tour, you should go to their it. tour, and then maybe that would be one of your favorite shows. Oh, oh, yeah, and maybe. you should celebrate. Yeah, segue. Ride a segue to the show. They're also recording a new album right now. It's apparently going to be pretty awesome. So People love the Garden of Sound. Yes. Seminal grunge forefathers. I worked a lot of words like that in the press release. That's going out tomorrow. <laughs> Seminal. Flannel <Ooh>. wizards. Flannel <laughs> wizardry. <laughs> oh, man. That's it's all good... tartan all the time. Uh, <laughs> but Dan Central, yeah, man. let's hear about it. There are some killer tracks for Dan Central. What do we got? Oh, wait. Is this coming out? This podcast is going live on Friday? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so this is next Exclusively week? reconfirmed here before the press release goes out on Monday oh. since we announced this on G4. Um, we have three tracks. First of all, Planet Rock by yes. Africa Mabata and the Soul yes. Sonic Force. Possibly yes. the most typo-laden band that we've ever done a release for, because <laughs> Africa Bombada turns out can be misspelled like six different ways. Oh, yeah. Um, Five A's. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There's a lot of A's. Five yeah. A's. That's <laughs> just in Bombada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seven A's in the first half. Uh, Tayo Cruz's Break Your Heart and Trey Song's Say Ah, uh, 
both of which are amazing chart-topping R&B songs. One of them's from the UK and one's from the US. I'll leave it to you and Wikipedia to know which one's which. <laughs> they both start with a T and end with a Z. And they also have debatable vowels and letters in them that can be spelled <laughs> wrong. Like they end with yeah, it was a rough it was a rough typing tough, week. Tough easy tough to press easy to mix those names up. But Soundgarden, man. Easy to type. Yep. Um so yeah, it's gonna be a crazy week for DLC. New content coming in hot. Also coming in hot. Uh, do you want to talk about that number? That we're gonna tease it. Maybe we do the next we do the next the next podcast about that in part in yeah. part, which is All that right. we're about to hit three thousand songs in rock band. Three thousand, you guys. That's a lot. Three, that's an awful lot. I don't think we ever thought we'd get there, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure we, did. we had hoped, but, like, it did not. 3,000. You know why I know we didn't? Because I don't think we had the idea for Rock Band Network when we started, like, the DLC weekly march. And yeah. so, like, no one ever thought we'd get, like, a 1,200, 1,500 song boost from out of nowhere. Like, 3,000 songs should have taken us six years, and it didn't because we have a great community who has been doing that content. Yeah, We're coming yeah. up on four years. Four coming years, up on a four-year anniversary. Four years Oof. of consistent... Weekly DLC. It'll be November 2007. Nobody else does this. Literally nobody else. No. You're welcome. That's also, crazy. man. That is... I am tired. We're like a factory. A hit factory. A hit factory. Yeah. And that Nick still Hits has USA, time they should call us. to record this podcast. Well, yeah, I don't know how Nick... Nick, is Nick makes all these songs time. by himself. Yeah. 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 Handcrafted by Nick. Handcrafted. He's an artisan. He it's on his Etsy page. He cobbles them. From soapstone. <laughs> carves them. Soapstone. <laughs> Like Andy Dufresne, yes. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. Shawshank. It's going to break out of here. Good youth. Yep. All right. Well, uh, good podcast, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be, a- be back in a couple weeks. Thank you.